He came to testify. He came to witness. The baby born to Elizabeth would have been a priest in the temple. That was his line, his father, a priest in the temple, got to wear the linen robes, got to eat off of the table of what was left over from the sacrifices, the choicest cuts. The priests were taken care of. They, they didn't own land, but they held a prestigious place in the society of the Hebrews. That was John's future. That was his path. At least according to the conventions of the day, he was supposed to be one of the ones who represented the people before God. And maybe at one point he would have had his chance, as his father did, to go into the Holy of Holies. But that was not what God sent him to do. A man named John was sent by God to testify, to witness. And so instead of wearing the linen robes and, and eating the choicest cuts of meat, as we, as we hear in the stories of the scripture, what did he wear? Camel hair. Good old itchy camel hair. Have you ever petted a goat or a pig? That's sort of the camel hair. Not, not the nice camel hair coat that you see some men wear. That's very nice, but that's not what we're talking about. He ate locusts and wild honey. He lived out in the wilderness. He came to testify. He came to witness. He came to know that he was not the one that had been prophesied about. Just imagine that for a moment. I mean, I, especially in today's world, I don't know what it was like back then, but in today's world, we're all told that we're the one. Right? We're the one. And we've got to make a brand of ourselves. We've, we've got to make a name for ourselves. We've got to be the one out there proclaiming our own light and showing that forth to the world. And while well, I'd love to talk to you about some of that, and what that might mean for us. John came and was sent to testify he was not the one. The one to come was the one he was supposed to witness to. The one he was supposed to talk about. And so he spent his time basically telling the people, you need to get your act together. He was a prophet in the truest sense of that word, testifying and witnessing. Get your act together, people. You need to come down and you need to have a baptism of repentance because you've got to get washed clean of all this foolishness that you've been partaking in. All this bad stuff that you're doing and not honoring God because the one who has been prophesied to come is coming and I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Get your act together, the day of the Lord is coming. And as a matter of fact, the Lord is coming. The one who is the Messiah is coming. He came to testify and to say, I believe 
in the light. That even though there's all of this not good stuff and, and the way that we talk about that often in our world is all of this darkness around us, I believe in the light. I believe that there is one who is coming who's going to set things right and going to call us to righteousness and so we need to prepare his way. And I am the voice in the wilderness preparing his way. I am not the light, but I've been called to testify to the light. In the Isaiah scripture it says, those who walked in darkness, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. And then Referring to God, it says, you made this happen. You made the nation great. You did this. Isaiah has been talking about how bad things are, how dark things are, how horrible things are for the people of Israel and how they have participated in that. But then he turns and he begins to to prophesy and to say that the people, as God has acted, have recognized God's action and have responded. And he references the day of Midian. And so I know all of you biblical scholars don't need to know what that's about but I'm going to tell you anyway. The day of Midian was that day when all of these soldiers were gathered, 30,000 of them or so, and they were going to fight their enemies and God said, I need to show that this is me acting and not you, that this is not by your own power, but that this is by the power of God. And so they reduced their forces over time from 300,000, or I think it was right, 300,000 down to 300. And on the day of Midian, they conquered. And on the day of Midian, they conquered, but they didn't lift up that victory. What Isaiah lifts up here is that on that day, yes, like that, the yoke of slavery has been broken The oppressor has been overcome, but now it's time to get rid of the things of war, to leave behind the bloodshed, because as Isaiah prophesies, a child has been born, a son is given to us, authority will rest on his shoulders, we will call him all of those great and wonderful names. And in John, John extends these names by calling Jesus the Logos. The Logos. In Greek, it's a Greek word that means word. Who knew? That's why we call Jesus the Word, a capital W of God. But the Logos was in the Greek culture. It was a word that was used for all kinds of different things from the basic of just, oh, this is a word, the word, the spoken word. But among the Stoics, it, was, it meant the generative life of the universe. The Stoics used the word logos. And so John, writing much later than the other gospel writers, is having a conversation with the Greek culture. And he says... In the beginning was the Logos. They probably would have said, okay, yeah, there was this generative life. And the Logos was God. Okay, yeah. But then John begins to weave in that 
this logos came into the world, that this logos, which would have been very foreign to these, to these Greek philosophers, that the logos, this idea of the generative power of God, that it comes in and it becomes flesh. And it lives among us. And it ties back to the creation story where God brings God's spirit over, depending on the story, the watery chaos, the darkness, the unknown, maybe creating from nothing. And for us, as we think about it, we often think that if there's nothing, then there's no light, which means that there is darkness. But God brings the light in to have a conversation with the darkness. That's what's interesting about this. We often say that darkness is just pure evil, but God sets it up so that there is day and there is night. That there is this conversation with the darkness. And that, yes, the darkness, the evil, as we talk about it, needs to be dispelled. And so there is this conversation with the light and the dark, but John brings that all together and says, this logos has been embodied in one, and through this one, we see God. We see the generative power of the universe, and as, as a matter of fact, this one who embodies the word was there at the beginning. All things came into being through this one. Think about how radical that is to begin to think about. All things came into being. The Greeks often believed that the spiritual and the material should be separated. But this brings it all back together. That creation, the material things of this world, our bodies are not evil, are not part of the darkness unless we use them that way. But they are part and parcel of the beauty of creation, of the generative power of God because the logos has come into flesh. And as Eugene Peterson writes and translates in the message and moved into the neighborhood, he came to testify and he testified, I believe in the light. I believe in the light. But John doesn't sugarcoat this. John doesn't sugarcoat and say, well, you know, the true light's coming, everything's going to be great. John says he came into the world and even his own people. Even Jesus' own flesh and blood, even the people that he knew who were part of his tribe didn't recognize him. They didn't really see him. They didn't understand that he was the light, the logos, the generative power of God who was bringing something new into being. And the world today, we believe, right, as we look around, And maybe even in 2020, we feel like that the world remains in the dark. And in some ways, for many of us, we've given over again to the darkness that clouds our minds because we're afraid. And we will take any something that helps us make sense of what's going on in the world, even if if we were to step back and look at it with some form of reason, which God also gave us, that we would go, this doesn't make any sense. But we believe it because we want to put something around all of this trouble and this fear that we have to help us be able to operate in the world. But there is still light. Even as we have come to see more clearly the degradation of peoples based on the color of their skin or their socioeconomic status, 
that we have put in place systems and processes that keep us separated from others. That we live into this way of understanding that we are supposed to be at the top of the heat. We meaning me, the individual, all on my own. I fight for what is mine. I'm going to take what is mine. The light calls us to see that the me without the we is really nothing. In troubling times, we often turn to almost anything to make sense of what's happening. We listen to all kinds of voices, but I want us today to listen to John because he came to testify. He didn't have anything to gain from this. As a matter of fact, because of some things that he said, he lost his head, literally. Jesus reveals God to us, puts flesh on God. No one still to this day has seen God, but in Jesus we see God. And when we see God in Jesus, we can begin to see Jesus in our world. We can begin to see with eyes that reflect and are open to the light of Christ. We see, we hope, we believe, and then we are moved by the Holy Spirit to the good works of God. He came to testify. He came to say, I believe in the light. May our eyes be opened and may we see this logos, this light, the life of the world. Amen.